Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 232. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager of investablewealth.com. Well, today I want to get a quick episode out before you start the weekend. I know a lot of you like to binge listen over the weekend, so I wanted to get this one out because of, of the nature of questions that I've been receiving from people. You know, a, a couple weeks ago, the news was all a buzz about how Donald Trump was going to get impeached and going to be a regime change and all these things are going on and you know, the market briefly uh, lost a couple percent. And people were panicking. People were asking me, oh, is this the time to get out? Is this the big one? And now as we finish up this week and we start the beginning of June, there's total euphoria in the markets and they're talking about, uh, you know, a bull market that's going to go on for another eight years. In fact, I saw a headline, I think it was yesterday, something about can this bull market go till 2025? Well, you know what? Who knows? We are long overdue for a correction as it is, but a correction doesn't mean an economic collapse, and it isn't necessarily something you can predict. Now, a lot of times we can see the signs. That's what I spend my life looking for. I'm looking for those trends where the bad news is bubbling up just below the surface. In past podcasts, I've talked about thin ice. In the wintertime, if you live up north, people go out ice fishing. Usually early in the season or late in the season, you'll occasionally either see somebody or hear a story about somebody that fell through the ice. They walked on it and it was too thin, or maybe they drove their truck or their snowmobile or dragged a tent out there or something, and they fell through the ice. Well, I'm a cautious person. I never walk out onto a frozen lake unless I see somebody out there that's fatter than me. In fact, I love to see tire tracks or some kind of tracks made by a snow machine or something showing that something really heavy has already been out there. And then I'll walk out there in those tracks. I don't want to fall through the ice. I'm the same way in the stock market. I'm looking for warning signs. I'm looking for things that flash caution lights that tell me there's thin ice. But I will tell you, from doing this for, you know, 30-some years, those signals and those signs almost never come from the headlines. They come from digging into the data, and they come from tracking leading market indicators. Speaking of leading indicators, let me digress here for a second. Over the weekend, I do plan to put up just a real quick video on my YouTube channel where I'm going to show you what one of the leading market indicators is to predict a recession. So go over there and check that out. You know, my YouTube channel is new. I don't have that many viewers. I'd like more of you to watch those, so it encourages me to create more of that visual content. Just search Wellsteading or John Pugliano on YouTube. You'll find the channel. You'll know that you got the right Pugliano because I won't be the guy playing polka music. In any case, what I want to emphasize just quickly in this episode is what we've talked about so many times in the past. In fact, if you're new to the podcast, go back, listen to the eighth episode which was my first series of wealth building principles. Wealth building principle number eight is decrypt propaganda. My favorite mantra is about learn to earn, save, and invest in that order. I think there's no better way to build wealth than to do those three steps. First, you got to learn to earn it, then you got to save it, then you got to learn how to invest it. But the next, probably most important factor is learning how to ignore the news. Today's episode title of Snooze the News. I, I just really want to emphasize this to you. When you hear these talking heads and they're sounding off and popping off, uh, you know, on a, whether it's a podcast or a news channel or whatever it is, you're always going to have one guy arguing the market's going up. You're going to have another guy arguing the market's going down. 
and they're just going to fight and put a lot of drama in. It's like reality TV. It's all BS. It's all bologna sandwich. They're doing that for effect, for entertainment, and more so than anything, they're doing it to pitch an agenda. If you want to look for those cautionary signs, if you want to look for thin ice, if you want to have a better indication about what way the market is headed, and I say a better indication because remember, none of us can predict the future. There are no magic algorithms. There's no sure-fired way to know what's going to happen next. We can look at historical data and make some assumptions based on that, but we can't be 100% sure. So what I want to encourage you to do is ignore the talking heads and dig down and look at the real data. You know, just a year ago, the big headline news was that Zika virus was going to just take over the southeastern part of the United States. Uh, you know, I remember people telling me, don't buy Disney stock. Uh, Disney World's going to shut down because no pregnant women and families are going to go there. And Zika, 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 Zika. Well, you know, we heard that for about three months. And then it just went away. Now, go back and listen to my podcast during that time. And I had no idea if Zika was going to be a big pandemic. I was going to move in a cautionary manner because we saw in, oh, I think it was October of 2014, that when the big Ebola scare came, remember the, I think the CDC workers came back into Atlanta and they brought Ebola with them. Well, the market dropped like 11%. But you know what? In like three or four days, it rebounded right back. It might have been a week. I don't remember exactly. But again, go back, listen to those episodes. That was an absolutely fantastic buying opportunity. That was at the same time that oil prices were collapsing, and so transportation stocks were an excellent buy. And that's exactly what I did right around, I don't know, October 20th, uh, 2014. I went in and got heavily overweighted in transportation stocks. It was a great win for the next six weeks or so. Now, during that Ebola outbreak and during the Zika scare, I had no idea if it was going to turn into some major pandemic. I wasn't worried about that. But what I can do is I can filter through the minutia and the BS in the news and pretty much ignore the headlines and look at the underlying data. There's an old adage on Wall Street that says, buy the rumor, sell the news. Whenever there's all this discussion on what might happen, that good news or that negative news, whatever it is, that's likely to appeal to people's emotions and short-term either drive up or drive down the price of a particular stock or an industry sector. For example, over the past couple of weeks, we knew that OPEC was going to be meeting and they were going to be discussing whether or not they should continue to hold back on the production of oil. So that was the rumor. And so consequently, we saw oil prices rising up. Well, what happened once they had the meeting and they announced that, yeah, they were going to extend this for, you know, nine months? Well, the price of oil came down. I think today it's something as low as like $47. That's a perfect example of buy the rumor and sell the news. Now, you may be saying, well, John, hey, if this old adage works so well, buy the rumor, sell the news, why shouldn't you be paying attention to the headlines? Why shouldn't you be listening to every word they're saying and then trying to play it one way or the other? Well, the problem is, is that those things generally happen too quickly. There are all kinds of automated algorithms that go out there and track, you know, what's happening on Twitter, what's happening in social media, what are the headlines saying? And then these high-speed traders, which are executing at the speed of lights, they go in and they try and bet on those good and bad news. But regular guy and gal investors like you and I, 
We don't have those high-speed systems. It's a really, really hard way to make a living to try and go in and make a fraction of a cent on every trade. It's been my experience that that's the best way to lose money. I prefer longer-term swing trading. Well, longer to near-term. You know, I'm not trading over a few hours or a few days. I'm generally trading over weeks and months because I'm looking for that established trend. I'm making us an assumption about which way the market's going to flow. And then if a headline does come in or breaking news supports that and it drives you know the stock up, then I'd take advantage of that and sell it at that point. That'd be the sell the news. But I'm not going to go in and try and trade just because I heard somebody say something on CNBC. That's a sure-fired way to lose your money. So when everybody's talking about whatever the particular hot item is or what the supposed trend is, that's how you know that you've already missed it. Focus on the original data. Come up with your own concepts. Develop a system that works for you and then stick to it and refine it. Make it better. I want to reiterate here. No one, not Warren Buffett, not Elon Musk, not Anthony Weiner, can see or predict the future. Certainly not John Pagliano. Right now, I'm holding something like, I don't know, maybe 17 different positions in the stock market. The majority of those positions are beating the S&P 500, and they're up in excess of 10%. In fact, a couple of them are up around you know, 20%. Ireland ETF is right at 19%. India ETF is up over 22%. There are some others that are right behind that. Now, I'm not bragging about that because you know what? Of those positions, if you look at my bottom ones, my British pound is down like over 6.5%. My Verizon trade is down about 6%. The point I want to make is that when I bought the Indian ETF, I researched it, I studied it, I was confident enough that the near-term trends were going to favor that ETF so over the period of a few weeks, it was likely to get up at around, you know, a 25% return, and I would sell that ETF at an amazing profit. And it's close to that now. But you know what? I was just as equally confident when I bought the British pound or when I bought Verizon stock. And as I just mentioned, both of those are down more than 6%. I didn't do any less research. I didn't have any less conviction about Verizon than I did about Malaysia or Mexico or Ireland or India. Any of these other positions that are doing really well. You see, I can't predict the future. I diversify my trades into multiple non-correlated positions. And then all I can do is sit back and watch and wait and see what happens. If I'm really wrong on something, I'll prune it off, I'll trim it up, I'll write it off as a loss and I'll go on. Now, I'm not going to do that with Verizon because I still think that has a great recovery and a good future ahead of itself. But right now, I'm wrong. But I don't lose sleep over that because that's not my only position. It's, it's one of like 17. I'm most likely going to ignore any headline that comes out about Verizon or about India because I know that that's all noise. I've done the underlying research. And as long as that fundamental rationale holds up that I originally bought the stock, I'm going to hold on to it. That's an example that we just saw in with India maybe, I don't know, a week or two ago. You know, there was a little bit of a shooting war going on on the border between India and Pakistan. And during that two or three day period, that Indian ETF broke support at both the 20 and the 50 day moving average. And it even broke a major horizontal support level. And it was all about some little military skirmishes going on on the border between India and Pakistan. You know what? I didn't panic. I didn't worry about it. 
because India and Pakistan are always throwing rocks at each other. Guess what happened? Stock went down for about a week, and this whole week it's gone right back up, and it's nearly back up to the high that it had two weeks ago. That's what I mean about ignoring the news. My fundamental assessment of what was going on in the overall Indian economy was not shattered by a little bit of a, a border skirmish with Pakistan. You should consider things like that buying opportunities, not selling opportunities. Well, hey, speaking of buying opportunities and propaganda, let me pitch my new book to you, The Robots Are Coming. Father's Day's coming up. I know you don't know what to get your dad. Hey, this is the perfect book for him. And if he doesn't like it, even better, because you can read it. I can honestly promise you it's the best book I've ever written.